I saw your be good baker running by again the other day, says I to old Mr. Brennan. Ah, yes, says he. I've never seen her stand still. And she's running rings around the rest of us with our Brennan's be good bread. Only 60 calories a slice. 60 calories, says I. That's just a whole meal, is it? No, says he. It's the whole meal, the whole grain, and the waste. 60 calories a slice and high in fiber, whatever way it slices. That's why anything baked is better with Brennan's. Today's bread today. Shachtan, an Indo Askelige. Time in Mon Irok the end of Chacht Erechor. Agasuligum a Machan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfame. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Pashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vien Tolam again Omgrev, Orkar Nrachtum. Yatakshet Horan Grevan, Orkar son, Elis Duhalagus Kiminefracht, Gor Klixar Dukashen Echor. Only Ven own. Shachten. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. This is an Irish independent podcast. €1,029. That's the price of a standard new iPhone 14. So, is it worth it? Hello and welcome to The Big Tech Show with me, Adrian Weckler. And this week I'm coming to you from California, where I was attending the launch of the new iPhone 14, which was held in Apple headquarters in Cupertino. Joining me from the other side of the pond is producer Tabitha Monaghan. Tabitha, hello. Hello, how are you? I am very well here in hot, hot, hot California. How hot? 34 degrees. Mm. 34 degrees. We oh, needed, I don't know. Uh, needed an eye towel along with our iPhones. There was a lot of perspiration <laughs> and dodgy odors floating around the Steve Jobs Theatre. Oh, no. Well, it's been absolutely miserable here in Dublin anyway. So, Well, look, I have a few thoughts on Apple's new launches, both on the iPhone and the latest Apple Watch Ultra. But first, I'm going to bring you along with me to Apple Park. So let's take a look at the new iPhone. <laughs> When you come to Apple Park, the first thing you see are dozens, hundreds of people lining the beautifully manicured paths and lawns on the way in through Apple Park into Steve Jobs Theatre. And more often than not, they're actually clapping you as you walk by. I'm not sure if you've ever seen uh, the scenes when a new iPhone comes out in an Apple store. Sometimes the staff clap you in. For those of us Brits and Irish who are going, it's a little bit cringy, but that's a a culture thing. We're in California uh, after all. It's all very, very upbeat. It's all very, very joyous. It's all very, very Apple. It's a really exciting day and that's the main thing I'm The Apple employees tend to be the giddiest and the most upbeat of anyone who is there. But there is a general buzz, particularly for people who haven't been there before. Don't forget, you're at the headquarters of probably the most iconic tech company in the world. You're approaching one of the most interesting architectural buildings in all of Silicon Valley, the Sir Norman Foster built Steve Jobs Theatre, which is a marvel to see. It's surrounded by glass. There are no pillars holding the roof up. Um, You can't help but be kind of excited by it. It's like entering a giant spaceship and there's an even bigger space down below because the actual physical theatre is below ground. We tend to get off the buses, we're shepherded uh, through and then From there, it's just one fluid line of people into the holding area, I suppose you would call it, in the Steve Jobs Theatre. 
that is the uh, the large sunlit area uh, upstairs, which is surrounded by all of this curved glass, where you you really get this impression that you're somewhere completely different from the rest of the normal world. You finally make your way down to the Steve Jobs Theatre, and the first thing you're struck by is how big this is. Someone from the UK Journalist Corps told me that it's bigger than most of the theatres in London, which is one of the world's capitals for large theatres. It holds well over a thousand people. It's absolutely enormous. And bear in mind, this is dug out of the ground. This is essentially a basement theatre. It was built specifically so that the audio levels would be absolutely perfect sonically inside. It was one of the last things that Steve Jobs uh, did. This entire complex costs over a billion dollars to build. And it's perfect for the kind of presentation uh, that you get. Tim Cook introduces the day. He sets the tone. He greets everybody. He says, thank you for coming with his trademark. Good, Good morning. morning. We're so glad you could join us. Today, we're here to talk about three products that have become essential in our lives. iPhone, AirPods, and Apple Watch. Uh, there's a, a selection of VIPs in the front seats. The rest of us journalists are about 50 metres back in the seats, all frantically getting our laptops and our recorders and our cameras and and everything else ready. The launch typically lasts between an hour and a half and two hours because they have a lot to get through. This time, for example, they launched four new iPhones, three new Apple Watches, uh, a new set of AirPods Pro and a bunch of software stuff in between. And it was all interlaced with these very, very slick videos and marketing stuff. This is Apple Watch Ultra, a completely new design, reimagined with extraordinary new capabilities that expand the ways you can use Apple Watch. So that was Apple Park coming in and sitting through the, the presentation. Now, before I give you my take on the new products themselves from Apple, I spoke to founder and CEO of PocketLint.com, Stuart Miles, and that company's deputy editor, Britt O'Boyle, about what they thought. Stuart, what did you make of the event? Uh, I thought it was really interesting. I think what's interesting about it is that it feels that Apple is very much walking towards a healthy, sort of adventurer kind of lifestyle customer, which plays massively into their uh, aspirations to become more of a health company but also for those photographers that are going to amazing places to be able to take great pictures. So did you feel that there was enough of an upgrade in the iPhone 14 to warrant interest in actually buying one? Uh, No, (laughs) in short. I think what's... My guess is that to try and make sure that prices remain the same from an entry-level point of view without getting too crazy, they've had to not only strip stuff back, but not necessarily force new upgrades, new things onto onto a customer at that level. It also allows them to expand that gulf between the pro models and the standard models, giving more of a reason to think, oh, okay, if I do upgrade, it's fine. If you think back a couple of years ago, the, the 14, or not 14, but the standard iPhone and the pro models are very similar. And there wasn't much difference between them. And now you look at it and you think, okay, there's, there are a lot of differences with the Pro that justifies that higher price point and, 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 and yet still gives Apple that kind of entry. I know it's not entry level at $800 or whatever it is, but it's you know an entry level as far as Apple's ecosystem is concerned. What did you think about the 
watch ultra it's pretty expensive but apple buyers seem to be interested in it already i think when you've democratized the smartwatch as much as apple has with the apple watch and let's face it it's you know a really successful device you've got to come you've got to a situation where you know i've got an apple watch but my mother and i's got the same apple watch right and there is a certain class of people that don't necessarily think that that's something that they want to be a part of and and so i think there is that sense of even though the aspirations of you know all the all the marketing material all the videos all the adverts and stuff of people climbing you know k2 and running across the sahara and all these kind of things and you're one of those guys well thanks but you know it's that it's i think it's that sort of while the majority of people will still probably use it just on a dog walk or you know walking in dublin on a commute or something uh, the aspirations that this is something more rugged and you know it felt very much like the same way that GoPro sold us into action cams and Red Bull sold us into, you know, energy drinks are for those extreme moments in life. Uh, I think it, it's kind of, it's for those people. Britta, what did you think of the Apple Watch Ultra? I'm, in particular, I'm thinking of the 36 hours battery life, which Apple is saying is obviously twice what you get with a normal Apple Watch. It strikes me that you wouldn't be setting off for an Everest trip with only 36 hours battery. Very true. It's probably a little bit little for that for that kind of trek although they did say you get the low power mode you get the 60 hours with the low power which definitely would help combat that slightly i suppose so you're getting to first base you to camp (laughs) and then maybe another mile yeah pretty much (laughs) although if you're doing a hike then i suppose it would be enough like if you're just doing a basic hike that's maybe not quite so ultra (laughs) i wonder is it aimed more at day trippers people the type of person who buys a 4x4 or an SUV and then really just goes to the countryside in Kent or Wicklow or Kildare rather than somebody who actually is hardcore and goes out to the Iron Islands for, you know, a week. Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely perhaps someone in between those two people, maybe, because um, they were talking about triathletes. So I guess if you were, if you were a triathlete or you were doing an Ironman or something, if it can sustain those, then I, then I guess it's doing its job. But there's definitely something to be said for the proper extremists and the, the mountaineers, I'm not sure. What was your general impression of the rest of the stuff? The iPhone 14, the iPhone 14 Plus, the iPhone 14 Pro? What, in general, what, what was your reaction to it? So I'm really excited by the iPhone 14 Pro and the Pro Max, obviously. I personally prefer the more compact devices, but um, I do, I think they're great. The dynamic island is really cool. Um, and we've not seen that before, which is which is surprising. So I love that. Um, also, I love that they've done something with the space. And normally, you would not like the fact that the screen is being um, sort of blocked, I suppose. But actually, because they've done something with it, it's fine, and it's given you some functionality, which is good. The iPhone 14 is perhaps a little bit um, not that exciting this time around. Um, if you're upgrading from the older devices, like the 10R, then yes, you're getting some good upgrades there. If you're upgrading from the iPhone 13, I'm not sure I would recommend it this year because just don't think there's enough there to warrant that. But overall, the colours are stunning, especially the purples. Um, so I, I think it's quite exciting. Definitely the pros, though. They're my favourite, for sure, hands down. Now, I also spoke to Robert Leadham, who's a senior commerce editor of British GQ, after the launch. Rob, what did you think of that? I thought it was interesting. I think Apple are really doubling down on the whole iPhone ecosystem. I think as much as the idea of a dynamic island might sound like 
Boris Johnson's sort of Brexiteer sloganeering. It's actually a, quite an interesting way to get rid of a notch and actually replace it with something quite useful. As usual, the Pro phones look a hell of a lot better than the normal iPhones, but those normal iPhones still probably going to have the best camera on a phone going, and they haven't ratcheted up the prices, which they could have done. I think the Apple Watch Ultra is a seriously nice piece of kit, uh, especially if you're someone who's thinking about buying a Garmin. That watch looks a lot nicer than your sort of G-Shock indebted, super rugged, chunky and probably quite ugly Garmin watch. So, and it, and it does a hell of a lot too as well. The price is exorbitant. There's no getting around that, but it is a niche proposition. So the people who buy it will likely love it a lot. The action button is again a little bit ridiculous, but Apple have tended not to want to compromise their design principles when they're making products just to uh, give in to consumer demands. But I think they have done a fair bit of that with the Ultra, you have two buttons, you have a decent amount of battery life, a 49 millimeter screen, which is big. Uh, yeah, and it, and it goes up to 60 hours, uh, apparently, on a special feature which they're rolling out later. Yeah, but compared to 25 days or something on a garment. Yeah, I mean, like, look, no one is, no one is going to get this thing for its battery life, but I think with the question is, is it good enough for people who are going to do triathlons, going to do multi-sports, going to wander around in the great outdoors for an absurdly masochistic long space of time? And on first impressions, I haven't worn it, but it seems like it might. I think, yeah, so I think the battery life is probably good enough. And I think the design is really nice. It looks good, especially with those custom bands which they've done. And for the kind of person who buys an Apple Watch, that probably is a decent formula. I think it might win. Do you think Apple has done enough with the iPhone 14 to convince people to upgrade from an iPhone 13? Is there enough there? No, but I don't think anyone is upgrading to a 14 from a 13 any, anyway. It's, most phones are on a two-year cycle now, a three-year cycle, and because and because of that, you, you probably are going to see, for things which people care about when they upgrade, it's a better camera, a nicer screen and it's going to run all their apps it's the kind of things that my dad cares about when i when i upgrade his phone you know so so no it's not a massive leap i think it's interesting that they binned off the mini uh so quickly which is just kind of unceremoniously booted out but uh, the market trend is that people want bigger screens and 6.7 inches for a screen is a big screen it's the same size as the pro max so i think people will get get what they want out of that phone. So that was the launch, Tabitha. It was pretty buzzy. Not everyone agrees that the new iPhones are necessarily worth uh, upgrading to. Uh, and for my own part, I'm just blown away by how expensive they are here in Europe. Was that a similar reaction across the board? Were most people surprised by the price? Well, don't forget, the price of the iPhones didn't actually go up in the US. They only went up in Europe. So in the US, you can still get a new iPhone 14 for $799 versus 1,029 euro 
uh, over here in Europe. It's even worse for the iPhone 14 Pro, uh, which costs $999 in the States, plus sales tax, but that's only about another $70 or $80. And 1339 euro here, up 160 euro on, on last year. Um, it's almost cheaper at this point to book a return flight to Boston or New York, go over, buy your iPhone 14 Pro there and come back to Ireland. Now, to be clear, this isn't Apple profiteering or overcharging. This is purely uh, a weak euro inflation crisis. But nevertheless, for those of us thinking of upgrading to an iPhone 14, this is hell. But you have to think about as well, for that amount of money, are you getting that much more in new tech? You know, is it worth buying the iPhone 14? Is it worth upgrading from the 13? Okay, I'm going to be completely honest here. I don't think it is. Certainly not from the iPhone 13. What did you get with the iPhone 14? Well, really, you got a new camera system, and that's kind of it. The screen is basically the same. The shape is the same. The battery life is the same. The chip is a little bit better, but not so much that you'll see it in effect, really, in everyday life for most people. Now, you might argue with the iPhone 14 Pro that it's a much better camera system, but here again, that might satisfy nerds like me who are really into their cameras. For most people, the iPhone 12 and the iPhone 13, the cameras on them are really, really good. Anyway, there is one exception, which is this new iPhone they've created, the, the iPhone 14 Plus, which is kind of like a cheap iPhone 14 Pro Max. In other words, you get the big screen of the Pro Max, but you don't get the big price with it. Um, and the, the reason that that's maybe a good deal is because it's a lot cheaper than the Pro Max. But it's the best battery life of any iPhone because it doesn't have the same high-end screen or engine, which means you get much, much, much better at battery life. That'll probably be the best battery life phone on the entire market. But other than that, I, I would say no. That's not great coming from uh, the new launch. That's not what I'd say Apple want people to be saying about it. Well, you have to put it into context. I don't think anybody really upgrades from the 12 to the 13 or the 13 to the 14 anyway. I think really... Typically, what happens is you have an iPhone 8 or an iPhone 10 or an iPhone X or, or whatever it is, and you need a new phone because you've had it for three or four years or you think you need a new phone. And that's they're the people who might upgrade to the iPhone 14. A lot of those people sometimes will look to last year's phone, which is typically discounted 100 euro by Apple. But because of the inflation crisis, those prices are still the same now. So if you go to buy last year's phone now, from Apple or from uh, a big retailer. Last year, it was €929 Euro new. This year, the old phone is €929. Euro. So <laughs> you um, you might be feeling smug if you bought uh, an iPhone 13 last year because it has held its value, but you won't be upgrading from an iPhone 13 to an iPhone 14. What about the other things that they launched, including the new Apple Watch and the AirPods as well? Are they worth getting instead? Arguably, the biggest individual uh, thing in this entire launch was Apple's new Watch Ultra. Now, this is Apple going after Garmin and the high-end sports fitness adventuring market. This is a big, rugged, uh, more rugged Apple Watch. And when I say big, I tweeted some pictures and videos of it on my wrist compared to my normal 45 millimeter uh, Apple Watch. And it is huge. It is kind of chunky. Now, it's sort of desirable chunky. It's that kind of gadgeteer buttons. It has an extra button and it looks a little bit more 
uh, like you can fiddle around with stuff on it. It's a bigger screen. It has better battery life. It is twice the battery life, although it's still only 36 hours. On something like a Garmin Phoenix Pro, um, you can get, you know, 20 days of battery life. On this, you're, talk, you're still talking two to three days. I'm skeptical as to whether proper adventurers will actually go for this because they might be setting off somewhere for a week and they won't have access to power backups. But I suspect that the kind of person who buys a 4x4 or a sporty SUV but rarely goes beyond Black Rock or Kildare or Malahide, this is going to be very, very attractive. Brutal review, Adrian. <laughs> well, what? look, on the plus side, it is a lot more capable. It's a lot more rugged. It is capable of withstanding extreme uh, temperatures. Um, it's That bigger screen will come in very, very handy. And a lot of people do have iPhones, and this will work better with your iPhone than any of those other uh, rivals I've mentioned from Garmin or Fitbit or uh, or, or anyone else. Oddly enough, from what I'm hearing, pre-orders are flying for this and the delivery dates are already being pushed out. I know somebody who messaged me and said they couldn't resist it and they've already ordered one. Bear in mind, this is the same inflationary pressure as the iPhone. So it's €999 euro in the EU, but it's only $799 in the States. So people are plonking down a grand for their Apple smartwatch in a cost of living crisis. And that is Apple all over. It might be the most appliest thing that we've ever seen from Apple, a, a really big, expensive, premium smartwatch that is flying out the flying out the door. Was there any features on the iPhone to go back to that? Like there was a new satellite communication system? That's really interesting. Um, Apple have launched this new SOS satellite communication system, and it's again designed for people who might be in a situation off grid, you know, trekking in a mountain. Maybe they have their Apple uh, Watch Ultra with them, but it's actually designed for iPhones. And the idea here is when you've no cellular communication or network or signal that if you're in trouble, you can send a message via satellite and that will arrive at emergency services. It might take a minute or two because it's over satellite. It's not as quick as iMessage. The only problem with it from our point of view is it's only being launched initially in the US and Canada. And the reason for that, I'm told, is that there's an awful lot of infrastructure and utility uh, that's needed to organize on the ground. Apple's idea of this is that not only will a message get related to emergency services, but that Apple itself will actually have be organizing assistance and staff and, and help to 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 help marshal that message through. And ultimately, it wants to charge for this service. So it says it's going to be free for the first two years, but then it wants to start charging for it. As I said, um, it's not yet available in the European market. And something I want to ask you as well, still no USB-C port on these new models. Yeah, that's going to happen either next year or the year after. And the context there is that the European Union has mandated that all smartphones need to be USB-C by 2024. That gives Apple another two years. It was probably on Apple's roadmap anyway. It now uses USB-C for most of its iPads, for all of its uh, MacBooks. It's a standard power connection for a lot of its gadgets. Personally, I don't really think that that many people are that pushed about whether it's Lightning or USB-C. I haven't really heard 
anyone giving out about it uh, or moaning. Uh, but you can expect that to, to come in either next year or the year after. And there was AirPods launched as well. I mean, is that just another novelty? Is there anything new and great coming with these new AirPods? One or two interesting features with the new AirPods Pro. The most interesting one is new touch controls on the outside stem. That's a mixed blessing. Anyone who has touch controls on their earbuds will know that it leads to an awful lot of mistaken touches. And, you know, the song that you were playing a week ago starts playing when you try and take the uh, the, the bud out of your ear. But there are other uh, things as well. For example, you can now wirelessly charge the AirPods Pro with an Apple Watch charger. That's kind of handy. Um, I would watch out for the price here. I haven't seen the pricing, but I expect it's going to be around the 300 euro plus mark and that again is very very premium in a cost of living crisis so they're the highlights from the big apple launch in cupertino here in northern california thank you very much to tabitha monahan who produced and joined me on the show this week and also to gavin hennessy on sound for me adrian weckler i will be back to talk to you from dublin next week bye-bye 